Since 2013, Bombas has donated over 100 million socks, underwear, and T-shirts to those facing homelessness. If we counted those on air, this ad would last over 1,157 days. But if we counted the time it takes to make a donation possible, it would take just a few clicks. Because every time you make a purchase, Bombas donates an item to someone who needs it. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, Right. For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Are you a lifelong fan of General Hospital? Are you a new fan who wants to know more about the history of the show? Do you enjoy talking about the show with others? Do you find yourself yelling at the TV? Is your self-care an hour a day in Port Charles? If so, we invite you to join hosts Amanda Kimmel and Shannon Coach at the place where all the hidden conversations take place and secrets are revealed. Meet us at Pier 54, a General Hospital fan podcast. Hello. Hi. Welcome to the Port Charles 411, Alan Quartermain. I don't even know what part we're on. <laughs> we on part four? Four? Really? Hold on. I would have said three. Oh, no. It's definitely not three. Part four. Part four. Yep. All right. Because we were ahead a little bit there. Oh, yes. Yeah. That was a good feeling. So this this week, we are getting started in 1985. Uh-huh. As we mentioned on Monday's episode, where we end? Who knows? Nobody knows. It's I don't a fun know. game. It is. <laughs> Let's see where we end up. Exactly. Because according to General Hospital fandom, here's the whole blurb. We're just going to read it all now and then see where the more detailed stuff takes us. So from 1985 to 89, the write-up in General Hospital fandom is in late 1985, in late 1985. So okay. apparently we don't care about what happened earlier in the year. Of course not. Monica had an affair with Jimmy Lee's business partner, Sean Donnelly. Ugh. When the deal goes bad, Sean bankrupts the Quartermains and Alan blames Jimmy Lee while Monica forces them out of the mansion. In a scheme to get the family fortune back, Alan fakes his death, frames Sean for his murder, and disappears to Pawtuck, New York, where he lives under the alias Simon. He has a brief fling with country girl Charity Gatlin. After a bump on the head lands Alan believing he really is Simon, Monica realizes how much she loves him and they reunite. In 1988, Monica beats out Alan for chief of staff position at GH. However, the job proves to be too much and Monica quits, briefly leaving town to stay at a spa. Meanwhile, Alan tracks down Tracy's son, Ned Quartermain. Wow. And that's when Ned was working at the spa. 
Go back to Monica's Lovers. Oh, my. And you will find out what happened there. In the spring of 1989, Alan clashes with Ned after Edward is presumed dead and leaves his entire fortune to Ned. In October 1989, Lucy Coe seduced Alan into helping her dispose of Victor Jerome's body. <laughs> the first time he died. But then when we go to Curly Q G H, we get a little bit more information. A little bit more? <laughs> a lot more information? These breakdowns are awesome. So January 1985, the Qs had thrown a New Year's Eve party, and the next morning, Monica woke Alan up. He has a hangover. They fight over each other's New Year's Eve behavior, but later end up in bed. We should be keeping track of all of his should. hangovers. No, I'm I think we're on at least five. No, oh, the fights? Uh, how many fights land them in bed? It's okay. like that's just the natural. It's like they have to fight in order to end up in bed. Mm. Alan dresses strangely like a nerd for a day of watching football and eating hot dogs. Okay. Eddie asked Donnelly to come over, much to the chagrin of Alan. Monica gets all dressed up for Sean, and Alan looks on as Sean eats one of his special game day hot dogs. That needs to go in the recipe book. What is Alan's special game day hot dog? I don't know. Ooh. He then loses his bet on the game with Stella. Nothing is going Alan's way. Again, another name being reused. Reused. Now, this is not Aunt Stella. No. This is... I don't know. Stella. <laughs> Stella. That's a good name. Later, Sean takes Monica to dinner at the Floating Rib where they dance together. Days later at GH, Monica lets Amy have it about her gossiping. She and Alan are in a fight about Sean Donnelly. Alan believes Monica is throwing herself at Donnelly and he is jealous. She assures him that she is not interested in Donnelly. It's a funny day at the hospital as Monica finds creative ways to walk out on Alan when he keeps wanting to talk to her. However, she has been asked to flirt with Donnelly to get info from him. Alan is trying to pick a picture for when he wins Doctor of the Year award from the medical journal. Alan and Monica decide to have a quiet dinner together. Oh, there they didn't fight. At GH, the medical dean tells Alan that he has been selected Doctor of the Year, and Alan feigns surprise, then goes around the hospital making sure that everyone knows that the vote was unanimous. Alan is walking around bragging about his Doctor of the Year award, and Monica talks with him. She is proud of him and of being his wife. Ah. <laughs> so then in February, at General Hospital, Grant and Alan discuss a medical ship. Alan and Grant show up at Sean's office and ask him to finance their medical ship. At the queues, Alan is hiding his investment from the med- of the medical ship from the family. And Eddie tries to find out what Alan is up to. He is paranoid that Alan's deal will hurt him. Who's Eddie? Is that Ned when he was being Eddie Maine? Is that where they're confusing that? No, he wasn't Eddie no, Maine. Yeah, that was too This early. Eddie is with Sean. Eddie asked Donnelly to come over is what you said earlier. So this Eddie is... I don't know. So then... And I meant to go try to watch all this medical ship stuff, <laughs> but I didn't. Then in March, Alan and Grant talk about Celia and the medical ship. At GH, Eddie Q. So it's Edward Quartermain. Is that the Eddie that, hmm, maybe that's Edward. But we thought Edward was dead because he left everything to... Not until a couple years later. That's in 1989. Oh, oh, oh. I'm sorry. So it might be Edward. And I just missed where she transitioned. Yeah, it's weird to call him Eddie. From, typically, we only see that whenever it's referring to him and Lila or... Okay, so might have missed where that transitioned. So we're going to assume that Eddie is Edward. Does it say anything? It didn't. Okay. All right. So <sighs> back to March. <laughs> um, so at General Hospital, Edward is looking for Alan and Monica. They conspire to get Grant and Celia back together. They execute a plan that ends up with Grant and Celia having dinner together Grant tells Celia that without her, he's losing his identity. 
That sounds unhealthy. Yeah. And then he tells her about his new business venture with Alan. And later after Grant leaves, Monica shows up and Celia tells her about the medical ship. Monica tells Edward, who is furious with Alan, because remember, he was keeping all of that a secret. Yep. Alan is so busy on his medical ship paperwork that he doesn't have time for Monica. Yay, technology. Monica, therefore, ends up eating with Rick and complaining that she is bored with the routine of her life. That's not an open invitation for something bad to happen. Yeah. In April, Alan meets with a medical ship representative. At GH, Alan tells Monica that he has another late business meeting. He asks Rick to take Monica home, which is not a good idea, where they have a drink together at the Q Mansion. Edward and Lila interrupt their moment together. Rick leaves and Edward laments spending too much money in New York City. Alan comes home, but all he can think about is business. Felicia tells Frisco that she has a job interview with Alan. Alan hires her to organize his medical ship office and paperwork and shows her a very cramped office space at GH. Frisco shows up and is going to help her with the computer, but he is clearly uncomfortable as she gets very close to him and he leaves. So I'm assuming that's when they were not together then? I would guess Based on the uncomfortableness? Just... Frisco really have more experience with the computer than Felicia does at that point. Because I don't know that that would necessarily be correct. I don't know. But anyway, later Rick talks to Monica about their mutual vulnerability that they need to be careful. And back at GH, Alan asks Monica for a date. Well, it's Aww. about time. Alan and Grant discuss putting more men on the medical ship project so the ship can leave on time. In May at GH, there's a new intern, Kevin, who... <laughs> talks to Felicia about the new medical device that stimulates muscles. I don't think that's our Kevin. I don't think so either. Everyone gathers around and watches as the machine helps Tony. Alan helps arrange to get the device to GH and Monica is very proud of him. Money must not be as important to Alan as medicine is. Well, I would hope not. May 30th, Grant and Alan are excited because the medical ship is scheduled to leave the following day. Jimmy Lee admits that he is jealous of Alan's new business venture. Alan tells Jimmy Lee that Grant used his forklift. He I don't is know. furious, and he and Grant have it out. Don't touch my forklift, man! <laughs> <laughs> All right. These men will fight about some crazy stuff. In June, Alan and Grant are furious about Robert placing the ship in quarantine. At some point, it was allowed to leave, and Grant and Alan find out that the medical ship sales were more than expected. They are thrilled. A party is organized in the hospital cafeteria to celebrate. Then in July, Alan goes to see Sean and Grant about the change of plans for the medical ship. Sean invites the Qs on a train to meet the ship. What? Now we have a train station in Port Charles that we don't know about? Woo! Alan was not okay with being left out of Sean and Grant's meetings. Ooh. Da, da, da. Dan tells Alan that General Hospital is looking to hire Buzz Stryker to be Steve's new assistant. <laughs> is he related to Buzz Lightyear? <laughs> it's his dad. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> Alan finds out that Jimmy Lee knows Buzz from his hometown. <laughs> Alan gets word that he has to go to Washington to help Steve and dashes Monica's hopes of coming with him. When Alan gets back, he meets the perfect Buzz striker and isn't comfortable with how cozy he is with Monica. In August, Grant tells Alan that he is stepping away from the hospital ship committee. Monica shows up at a spa hoping to see Buzz. Alan joins her and ruins her plans a bit. Edward gives Alan some advice flirting with some young nurses should get Monica's attention. Alan's plan does not seem to phase Monica. I'm going to start hanging out at the spa. Seriously. She up with Ned at the spa, then she's going to the spa to find Buzz. Yep. 
Alan gets caught by Monica in a linen closet flirting with a student nurse. Alan and Monica argue but agree to work on their marriage. Alan and Monica arrive home to see Lila on her way out to meet Edward on his vacation. And then Alan and Monica have a romantic evening together. In September, Alan visits his old college friend, Arthur Fairchild, at GH. That doesn't feel like visiting, but okay. Arthur, knowing that he is dying, encourages Alan to not let life pass him by. I guess if you're going to visit a friend that's admitted that's visiting. I guess. Just the way that says it, though, at the hospital is how I would have said it. Like, GH makes it sound like you're going somewhere. Mm. Anyway. Okay, Florina joins Alan and Monica for dinner, but Alan shows up at home drunk. In October, Jimmy Lee calls a meeting with Alan and Grant about the hospital ship, which is in disarray now that Sean has been arrested. Jimmy Lee, Alan, Grant, and Edward learn that Sean's power of attorney has been given to Felicia. She is the boss now when it comes to the hospital ship. You go, Felicia. I was going to say, I'm like, I really want to watch this whole... I've Have you been aware of this whole hospital ship project ever? No. Okay. Uh, in November, Monica gives Alan notice to stop fooling around behind her back, and Monica tells Rick that she thinks Alan is having an affair and she doesn't really care. Uh-oh. Well, then why'd you tell him to stop? Okay, then. I think you do care, Monica. In December, Jimmy Lee, Edward, and Alan plot to take over Sean's shipping business. Alan overhears Sean flirting with Monica outside the door. When Monica steps out, Sean is able to steal some drugs from the cabinet. Monica taunts Alan about the boathouse incident. Sean witnesses the argument. Monica later agrees to go to dinner with Sean. Edward and Alan speculate about Sean's fate. If he should be rendered physically handicapped, bankers may see his credit as tarnish may see his credit in a tarnishing light. Edward wants Monica to try to pump Sean for information. Alan is not pleased about his idea. Edward next persuades Alan that romantic that romancing Monica will result in Monica spending less time with Sean in the hospital. Alan takes immediate action. Like, why did he need Edward to tell him that? Right. But Maybe okay. husbands pay attention to your wives. <laughs> exactly. However, Monica, how's about you don't cheat? True. One night, Monica comes home after work and Alan forces her to have intercourse with him. Not cool. That's... Nope. That's not romancing, Alan. Nope. Mm -mm. After a night with Alan, Monica is so disgusted with the forced sex that she's wobbly in the OR. The next day with Rick, he is forced to take over for her. When she sees Alan next, she tells him she wants him to move his belongings into the guest house. He refuses, so she plans to move hers. The deteriorating marriage of Monica and Alan is another worry for Edward because both the gatehouse and the mansion are in her name. Yeah. Well, I would think so. The whole property would be hers. Duh, right? The gatehouse doesn't have a different address. It could. I don't think it does. It could. If it's on its own separate parcel, it, I don't know. Let's well, look at this deed. That would be way more fun if they were two different. That would be so great. Annoying would it be to have your neighbor right in the gatehouse that you can't stand. Well, typically you would sell them together, but that'd be. Yeah, but I mean, if on the deed it said Monica owns the mansion, right. but somebody else owns the gatehouse, I kick you out and you just go to the gatehouse. Oh right. my gosh. It'd be awful. Hmm. But anyway, go ahead. And now we're on to 1986. In January, Alan tells Monica he won't press her sexually anymore. Thank you. But Monica is not interested in attending the social function with him or the rest of the quarter means. Flowers arrive for Monica from Sean. The cues return home and Alan spots Monica just coming in and sneaking upstairs. Monica lies that she went to Sean's house to do some buying for the family. I think she did a little bit more than that. That's a different word for it. Sean calls Monica for another dinner date and Alan spies on her. Alan tells Edward that Monica is dining with Sean and will start feeding him false information. If Monica is really on their side, then why is he not sleeping with Alan? Edward wonders. Because 
our parents should be thinking about our sex life. Monica tells Sean that she's chosen sides and it's not what the quarter means. Monica and Sean dance to romantic music and share a kiss. Monica and Sean plant, plot to feed a bunch of lies to Alan and Edward, and she tells them that Sean is planning a major corporate takeover. Edward, Jimmy Lee, Alan, and Celia try to figure out Monica's clues to answer to Sean's takeover. Alan tries to force himself sexually on Monica again, but she is not interested and goes to bed alone. Alan begs Monica to let her back into to let him back into her bed. Mm-mm. Mm-mm. There's so much wrong with that. But yeah. Okay. But he may have begged, but he did not force it. That's true. There this is time. a difference. This right. time. Right. In February, Monica tells Alan that she may never want to be his wife again. They continue bickering about personal affairs of the heart. In March, Alan meets with Lila to plan his and Monica's anniversary. Monica's not looking forward to her anniversary with Alan. Alan is determined to win back his lady love. Every hour, he sends her a dozen red roses. Remember one of your birthdays that I sent you a different general hospital guy every hour on the hour That's for your birthday? Such a good birthday. That was awesome. That was. Sorry. <laughs> I don't know why that just, I know why I that mean, just. I mean, it's pretty much the same as flowers every hour. So we're good. No, because those photos live on forever in your texts. That is true. Anyway, in April, Jimmy Lee tries to convince Alan that Monica is having an affair with Sean Donnelly. Alan has someone named Chuck follow her. Chuck reports to Alan and Edward that Monica is seeing Sean today at the PC hotel. Alan is furious and runs over. Edward and Chuck follow to prevent any homicide. Eddie and Chuck, no, not Eddie, Edward and Chuck arrive at the PC hotel and find Monica having lunch all right, but with her sons. Aww. Alan barges into Sean's apartment and finds he's taking a shower with a woman. Sean walks out of the bathroom with a woman named Wendy and Alan, with his foot in his mouth, apologizes profusely and leaves. The next day, Alan and Monica are having breakfast at Kelly's, get into an argument when Sean arrives complaining about the incident in the hotel last night. Monica storms out on Alan, pushing him further out of the picture. Monica tells Sean she's come to the momentous decision to divorce Alan. Sean is less than enthusiastic about the prospect of Monica being free for him. He tells her that he's worried about his financial future and the possibility that she could lose custody of her son. Monica doesn't care. Monica announces to Alan her plans to divorce him. He thinks he can make her come back to him by moving the family into a new house for which they will pay with their killing on the Donnelly slash Cassidine stock. I misread that. (laughs) I was like, why are they killing Donnelly? No, no, no. The the pay from (laughs) the the stocks. The The house costs $3.2 million. So I did a conversion. It is $7.9 million in today's money. Wow. Because I had to know. Of course she did. Monica tells Alan to go to hell and don't even think twice about getting custody of her son. Rick comes by the mansion to try to get Alan and Monica to patch things up for the good of GH. Monica meets Lila and Alan and Edward at ELQ. Edward informs Monica that the stock for the Donnelly slash Cassidine is going public today. Alan gets a call from their broker. Dimitri Cassidine has fled Brazil. The stock is worthless. The cues are flat broke. Monica is stunned. Lila, Alan, and Edward are pouring over their losses. Jimmy Lee is informed of their newly lost finances. Alan yells at Jimmy Lee and blames him for losing their money. Jimmy Lee punches Alan in the jaw because that's how we solve problems. I'm still confused by how they blame Jimmy Lee for this when they all were together in it. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. I mean, obviously, if they were spending the money, they were in on what was going on. Alan consults with Chuck. He's still trying to get the goods on Monica. Edward is in Southampton trying to sell their old mansion. 
Alan wants him to purchase the old Southampton mansion. Amanda tries to buy Lila's jewelry, but Monica stops her by bidding over what Amanda offers. I mean, that does sound like something I would do. So I like but her Amanda. Name. I don't know, but I like... You have more money than a quarter means. She's mentioned um, in the 90s research also. Cool. And so uh, I don't know who she is, but I like that... I'm going to say this before I read more about her, that maybe we have some similar traits. Not the money, but the wanting the jewels. Monica may have saved the family jewels, but Lorena is still harping on her and threatening to expose her love affair with Sean. Lila warns Monica... That if she tries to divorce Alan, it might rekindle old feelings of the homicidal temper he has. Why, the, why are you threatening her? Right. I don't know. That is a very threatening statement. Please don't tell yes. anyone that. So then in May, Derek Barrington arrives at the Quartermain Mansion with an offer of $1.7 for the gargantuan new mansion they've bought. The offer is firm until Lila announces a surprise call from an estranged Celia who says she wants to move back to Port Charles and can spend $2.5 million on Edward's white elephant. Derek ups the ante to $2.7 million, Celia to three, Derek to 3.1. Celia decides to withdraw her offer. After Derek leaves with the house he wanted, but not the price he wanted to pay, Lila spills the beans that Celia never called. It was Alan on the phone the whole time. Monica tells Sean that she can't see him for a while. Alan tells Monica that he increased the life insurance policy in case anything happens to him. And Monica agrees to let the Quartermains live in the mansion, at least until summer. Edward tries to get Monica to finance a new business proposition. And then forced by Monica, the Quartermains have to move out of the mansion. And not only that, but she's filing for divorce. The Quartermains make the only home they can under their budget at Kelly's Diner, Yay. where Spencer should be living. Yes. Alan gives Monica a hard time when they have packed all their bags ready to move. The mansion is all Monica's. Monica is really worried about Lila, but Alan laughs at her concern. Alan wants to win Monica back, but Monica is entertaining Sean at the mansion. Sean gifts Monica with some expensive gifts of clothes and jewelry from a Hong Kong sale. You know, not Macy's or Penny's. Uh-uh. From Hong Kong. Monica feels guilty and can't accept them. Monica wants Sean to level with her. Is he trying to buy her affections? Yes. No, because he didn't want her to leave Alan. So he just wants her as a side thing. So yes, he's still trying to buy her affections. No, he was being nice to her because she's a good side piece. That's what I'm saying. He's still trying to keep in her good graces by buying her presents. But they were already in each other's good graces because she keeps inviting him over to the mansion. I don't feel like he was buying her off. I feel like he was just being nice. Later, Monica apologizes to Sean and feels bad about her family being broken while she's living the life. The duo are just the duo are just ready to make out when Alan shows up and is furious when he sees them kissing. Were they kissing or were they not? Because they were just about to make. I guess you could kiss before making out. That just leads right. to the making out. There okay. You go. Finally, seeing with his own eyes of Monica's betrayal, Sean and Alan are about to tear each other apart when Monica breaks them up. Alan gets start on his divorce and begins to look for witnesses that may have seen Monica and Sean's arms. Monica tells Rick of Alan's plans for divorce. So back then you could be at fault, I guess. Yeah. I don't know if New York is currently a no-fault state or not, but most of them are. Not a clue. In June, Edward gets a telegram addressed to Alan. Snoopy Edward opens it and shows Alan. It's from his marriage counselor. He should show the counselor that Monica is really a tramp and he's got a great chance of winning his case. Rick tells Monica that she should go to the marriage counselor that Alan has arranged. It's in her best interest. During the session, Alan and Monica begin almost immediately arguing in front of the counselor. Monica is shocked when Alan is asking for alimony. 
Monica and Alan begin a furious argument. The counselor gives them a soft baseball bat. They each go at it, pounding the daylight out of each other. I feel like that could be a lot of fun. Mm-hmm. That's a good stress reliever. Can't hurt anyone. Alan and Monica have their second session with the counselor. Alan and Monica argue over the custody of their respective children. The discussion turns into another argument, and Alan calls Man- Monica a tramp. That's not going to get you anywhere. Nope. Alan and Monica are back for another round of marriage counseling. At Kelly's, Alan and Edward plot to catch Monica in a tryst with Sean. Alan and Chuck uncover a harem tent and all the surroundings in the penthouse. How do you discover that? Okay. What's a harem tent? Hold on. Like the tent that the harem's in. I don't know how else to describe it. Hold on. All right. Okay. So it's like the stereotypical yeah. thing that you would see. The, the harem makes out it. Exactly how I described if, it. If you're thinking it's like peaked in the middle and it's like, like all flowy. Yeah. But like tiny. Right. And kind of elegant and wavy and stuff. Then yes, that is correct. Exactly. Okay. <laughs> I don't know how else to describe it. That was a great description. Was that a good description? I feel like the inside looks like the inside of Jeannie's bottle on I Dream of Jeannie. Yes. Okay. The outside, it does not look like a bottle. No. Okay. Alan can't believe Monica has fallen for such a corny environment. Monica tells Sean that she fears Alan and Edward are plotting something. Chuck and Alan are still outside the penthouse while the two lovers get dressed up in their harem outfits and are about to make love. Why would you put on a harem outfit to just take it off? But okay. Alan and Chuck burst in taking pictures. A shocked and flustered Alan makes a quick excuse and a hasty exit. Alan has revised his plan of revenge on his wife. He is going to fake amnesia and disappear so that everyone will think he's dead and then frame Sean for the murder. Meanwhile, Monica hires Jake as her divorce lawyer. Alan sneaks into Sean's penthouse while Sean is upstairs. Alan pockets one of Sean's teacups from his tea set. That just sounds just very odd. Monica <laughs> arrives shortly after and Sean tells her about Alan hiding on the balcony the night of Frisco and Felicia's honeymoon. Ew. Mm-hmm. Monica and Sean are kissing. Alan, Edward, and Jimmy Lee are at Kelly's. Alan tells them of his findings of the Swiss bank account and the amnesia plan to frame Monica and Sean for murder. He's got a double indemnity clause in his will. Alan has engaged Brett Madison at the XDA as his lawyer to win him custody of both his sons. Alan and Monica argue, and they both threaten each other in front of their lawyers. Yep. I don't feel like that's anything new. Yeah. So then in July, Alan tells Lila he's going to start taking flying lessons. And it's all part of his plan to frame Sean and Monica. But why Lila doesn't know that. Why would he take custody of the boys to just turn around and pretend to kill him? Not kill himself but pretend to be dead because then it will show that monica would have wanted to kill him okay. because he got custody okay that's kind of not nice to do to the boys well, anyway custody or not it's a, not a good idea for parents to pretend to be dead really nicholas <laughs> alan is furious to see sean with monica and edward has told him has to hold him back from throttling donnelly alan comes out and asks monica where sean stashed the quarter main money monica thinks he's crazy and Monica slaps him when he tells her that she's desperate for sleeping with a man who's laughing at her behind her back. Ooh, ooh, ouch. Sean sneaks into Monica's room at the mansion. Monica can't resist Donnelly's clutches and the two end up in bed. Alan surprises his estranged wife with a visit and is announced by Jennings, the butler. Stashing her lover in the closet, Monica throws on a robe and opens the door, spotting Sean's shoes next to her bed. Jennings later tells Alan 
Madam has company. Oh. Alan asks the servant to testify for his side of the divorce trial, and Jennings agrees. Alan details his plans. He will fake his death during the election time and frame Monica and Sean for it. Alan decides to hang out in a little town in upstate New York till Monica and Sean go to jail. Alan asks Jennings, Monica's butler. Oh, Monica's butler, not even. Yeah. Okay. Monica's butler to plant a bug on the back of her headboard. Alan plays for his estranged wife a tape of her most recent lovemaking session with Sean. If she doesn't give him custody of Alan Jr., he'll play it for their sons say, and says, he'll play it for their sons, says the revenge-minded doc. Ew. Mm-hmm. Your son doesn't want to hear that. No. Monica threatens to kill Alan and knocks him to the ground and tries to strangle him. Their divorce, divorce lawyers, Jake and Brett, walk in on the spat. Alan's attempt to portray Monica as a manic succeeds with Edward's urging Alan makes Edward his beneficiary in case anything happens to him. And then Alan arrives at Jimmy Lee's debate wearing a pilot outfit. Alan, Edward, and Jimmy Lee prepare for Alan's, quote, death. Alan dresses in women's clothing and changes his name to Mary Lou Blaine. He then leaves town as arranged. Hours later, his plane operating on autopilot crashes and Anna reports to the quartermains that Alan's plan about Alan's plane and they all feign shock. Even Lila, even though she never wanted to go along with the plan. So I guess she found out at some hmm. point here. Oh yeah, she found out at Kelly's that one day, remember? Yes. Sean gets the grim news at, that no body was found and Monica, who's hiding in Sean's bedroom, slumps against the wall. Jimmy Lee informs Stella and Ruby of Alan's death. Sean and Anna come to Monica's aid after hearing the news of Alan. Monica, still shocked, swallows her pride and comforts the cues of on Alan's passing. Edward and Jimmy Lee are still faking grief for Alan. They tell Jake that they blame Monica for everything, although they can't understand why the other evidence planted around the crash has not been found yet. Jimmy Lee decides to light a fire under Anna hoping she will arrest Monica. News of Alan's plane missing in action hit GH hard with Steve, Patrick, Amy, and Audrey. Alicia visits Frisco on his first day of guard duty, and Audrey and Bobby visit a bereaved Lila. Alan, still dressed as a woman, is imposing a Celia, returns his car, and heads for the small town in upstate New York. The search party reports to Anna and Sean that so far no trace of Alan can be found. Frisco and Felicia offer their support to Monica. The boys are away at camp and they offer to go get the boys to inform them that Alan, to inform Alan Jr. and Jason in place of Monica. Alan takes off his disguise and casually walks out of the bus depot. He deposits his female disguise in a trash can. Sean finds Monica drinking her troubles away at the gatehouse. She calls herself a lousy mother and blames herself for Alan's death. Alan arrives in Pawtuck and at the general store run by Charity Gatlin and her eight-year-old boy. Alan then goes by the name Simon Alexander. Brett tells Anna and Bert that Alan died with Monica as his sole beneficiary. Ooh, so that was never changed. News of Alan's death is all that brownstoners Jake, Tony, a very pregnant Tanya, and Bobby can talk about. Anna tells Brett and Jimmy Lee that a substance was found in the fuel line of Alan's plane. This resulted in the crash. Simon, aka Alan, takes a liking to charity and vice versa, and Charity hires him to work at the store. On July 31st, Jimmy Lee tells Monica that Anna's starting to wonder about her, especially why she gave Alan flying lessons on his birthday. Alan's wallet was found near the crash, and the police, la police lab finds sugar in the plane's fuel line. Huh. Brett Madison tells Anna of Jimmy Lee's acquisitions towards Monica. Tiffany is miserable at the Quartermains, hiding out, eating food from a can. She was, no, Tanya was pregnant, not Tiffany. Right. Monica consults with Jake in case she needs a lawyer. Alan is doing quite a good job since taking over the general store. Business is up. Alan's 
when Alan's scarf, helmet, and wallet show up, Anna calls off the search for him. She calls Monica and asks her to come for questioning. Monica, with Jake present, identifies the items as Alan's. Monica is terrified that the tape of her and Sean lovemaking will turn up and become public domain. Monica is now the prime suspect, so this is the second time mm-hmm. in five years mm-hmm. Monica has been suspected of murder. Jimmy Lee demands answers from Anna, but so far Anna has no proof to charge Monica with Alan's death. Like Jason said, there's no body, so right. we're not there yet. In August, even though there is a blackout on Alan's death, the press is having a field day accusing a blackout, even though there is a blackout on Alan's death. It's like a weird... Okay. I, Hold I on. Don't, I don't know what that means. That's like, what I'm I know what it means, but I don't like that wording. Oh, it means that it's a censorship of news related to a certain topic, oh. particularly in mass media for any reason. Okay. A blackout may be voluntary or may in some countries be enforced by government or state law. Wow. Mm-hmm. All right. Even though there's a blackout on Alan's death, the press is having a field day accusing Monica of murder. Sean argues with Anna that Monica wouldn't have the tech- technical know-how to sabotage a plane. And Anna says to Sean that he does. He is familiar with the way Alan's plane crashed. A cup of sugar breaking in the gas tank on takeoff. And Anna remembers such a cup belonging to the set that Sean has on display in his penthouse. Guy confirms Alan did not have a parachute when the plane went down. Monica tells Bobby she may need Jake's services if the heat on Alan's death doesn't quiet down. But the cops want to question Monica. Guy arranges a meeting at the Q Mansion for some questioning. Alan is enjoying his life in Pawtuck, passing himself off as an amnesiac and living at the general store with Charity and her son. She thinks she might have found a clue to Simon's past when he administers expert medical treatment after she accidentally splits her hand open. Anna arrives at Sean's with a search warrant. She finds the matching cup that was found in Alan's plane. Later, she finds Alan's parachute stored in the Donnelly warehouse. Mm. Planted there, of course, by Jimmy Lee, who's been spying on the whole thing. Wouldn't that be funny if that wound up being the parachute that was (laughs) attached to Scott? (laughs) Did parachutes expire? I don't know. I don't know. There's your next um, nerd thing to there you go. figure out. I'm okay not knowing Went that. Planted there by Jimmy Lee, who's been spying on the whole thing. Sean is flabbergasted and tells Anna he's been framed. Mm-mm-mm. Monica updates Jake on the latest with Alan's supposed murder. All evidence points to her and Sean. What is she going to do? Monica is informed that she won't be collecting anything on her late husband's insurance policy. The insurance company has backed off from the policy because of the bad press that Monica is getting. Sean comforts Monica, who is convinced that Alan committed suicide to frame both of them. Simon, who's actually Alan, tends to Charity's cut hand, and she and Alan grow closer and fonder of each other. Burke gives Edward and Jimmy Lee the news that Alan might have committed suicide, Edward playing it to the hilt denies that his son would have taken his own life and makes sure to point the blame on Sean. Unfortunately, the police think that Monica is more guilty. Lila overhearing this is furious, but Edward is taking the scheme so far. Edward bribes Jennings to deliver the tape of Sean and Monica's romantic affair straight to Ramsey. Upon hearing the tape, ew, Ramsey calls Anna with news that he's got the evidence they need. Bert and Anna discuss the tape that Jennings presented to them about Sean and Monica's affair. Sean continues to plead his innocent and Alan's death. Guy meets with Monica and Sean and plays the lovemaking tape of their liaison turns them turned over to them by the Jennings. Jake's counsels his client. The tape is useless. It will never hold up in court. Still, that would be fun to play that in court. That's so gross. 
The letter arrives from Monica, a letter from Alan to be given to her at the time of his death. The letter states that if he dies, he blames Sean, who has the quarterman fortune hidden in a Swiss bank account. Monica consults her old beau Rick for advice and help. Tiffany bails Sean out. He was drinking his troubles away at the bucket of blood. What the heck? I don't that? know. I don't know. Alan and Charity are growing closer, and Monica is in a panic. What's the bucket of blood? I don't know. Hold on, let's, okay, we are going to Google that real quick because okay. I don't feel like. Oh, it was a local bar. It was a local bar, bar in Port Charles during 1980s. Okay. Yep, that's all that it says. That's quite the name. While Monica wonders what is going on inside Sean's mind, she asks Rick for help with the true meaning of the letter written by Alan before he died. Alan states if she is reading this letter, she knows that Alan was killed. Sean, meanwhile, and Sean, meanwhile, transfers all his money plus the quartermain fortune into another Swiss account with the code name Monica. Alan is enjoying his life as Sim- as Simon, trying to call him a girl's name because he was dressed up as a girl. Alan is enjoying his life as Simon in Pawtuck. He and Charity become even closer when he performs an emergency tracheotomy on her son, Jonah. Why, why are we reusing all these names? Saving his life. Back at Revenge Headquarters. I didn't even think about that. Edward and Jimmy Lee are satisfied with the framing of Sean, but wonder what became of Alan. They haven't heard from him since his crash. Chuck Morrison, acting on orders from Edward, plants the bug in Monica's mind about Sean's secret Swiss bank account. Monica demands to see Sean's secret safe, which contains the Swiss bank account that proves once and for all he stole the Q fortune. Happy to apply, Sean gives her the combination and Monica finds the safe empty. Sean burned the copy before she arrived because he's not stupid, Monica. (laughs) Monica apologizes for even thinking that Sean might have killed Alan, although she's still not convinced he didn't fleece the family in some way. In Pawtuck, a grateful Charity kisses Alan. (laughs) Alan and Charity discuss the kiss they had. Charity doesn't want Alan to get the wrong idea. She's fond of him, but that's all. And Alan wants more. At Kelly's, Monica just happens to be there when the arranged phone call from Alan comes in on the payphone. Monica answers when Jimmy Lee steps away. Monica keeps saying, hello, hello, but Alan hears Monica's voice and keeps quiet. The operator comes on and says the call is from M.L. Blaine. The jig was almost up. Alan has now been declared legally dead. Monica admits she loves Sean, and he breaks down and proposes to her, calling her bluff. Monica, however, panics. She doesn't think they should jump into marriage so soon, and Charity tells Alan all about her late husband. So why don't they just refer to how they declared Alan legally alive while they're trying to mention Sonny, or to make Sonny legally alive? I don't know. I mean, it should be on record since it all happened in Pawtuck. Right. And in September, it was Labor Day, and in Pawtuck, Alan continues to pretend that he has amnesia. He tells Charity that he loves being there with her, but she wants him to find out his identity. Yep. Edward is putting pressure on Tiffany to drive a wedge between Sean and Monica. At General Hospital, Monica tells Steve and Audrey that she is upset that the police suspect suspect her and Sean and Alan's death. Monica plans on going to Switzerland to inform her sons that Alan is dead. I thought that they were at camp. They were at camp. Was camp in Switzerland? What the heck? Sure. But Edward is adamantly opposed to it. He wants Jimmy Lee to go to Pawtuck to check up on Alan. Monica becomes suspicious of Sean when she spots Tiffany coming out of her penthouse and gets angry when Donnelly lies about it. Ooh. 
Alan is not pleased to see Jimmy Lee in Pawtuck. Jimmy Lee and Edward are concerned that Alan likes being in Pawtuck with Charity too much and is forgetting part of the plan to get Sean Donnelly and ultimately to reclaim the money that he had stolen from them. Alan tells Jimmy Lee that getting the Quartermain fortune back doesn't mean that much to him anymore. Sean tells Captain Lewis that he is being set up for Alan's death and tells Jake that he didn't steal the Quartermain money. Alan tells Charity that he is ready to make commitment to her. Edward goes to Pawtuck and tells Alan that he will blow his cover unless he returns to Port Charles. Edward thinks that Alan is getting too attached to Charity. Yeah, typically commitment, attachment, same thing. And he for- has forgotten his role in the plan to get Donnelly. Edward goes to Captain Lewis with incriminating evidence against Donnelly and demands that the police will arrest Sean for Alan's death. Monica returns from Switzerland and informs Rick that she didn't tell her children that Alan is dead. Rick tells her that Sean has been arrested for Alan's murder and Monica plans to put up the bail money to get him out of jail. But Tiffany tells Sean that she will come up with the bail money for him. Mm. While Edward tells Jimmy Lee to bring Alan home in Pawtuck, Alan tells Charity that he wants to marry her. Edward tells Jimmy Lee that he couldn't find Alan in Pawtuck. Without Alan, they won't be able to get the quarter money back from Donnelly. And Charity gets jealous when another woman flirts with Alan. In October, expecting to meet Alan at Kelly's, Edward intercepts Alan before Monica, Sean, and Jake to see him. Alan tells Edward he doesn't want to be part of the scheme to get Donnelly anymore. Alan wants to start a new life with Charity and Pawtuck, but Edward threatens to have his medical license revoked if Alan doesn't help get their money back. But he doesn't need it if he's running a general store. True. Okay. Chuck Morrison advises Monica to go to the general store in Pawtuck. Monica is stunned to see Alan in Pawtuck. Alan wants to know if Edward sent Monica to see him in Pawtuck. Edward thinks that Chuck Morrison is the one who told Monica that Alan was really alive, which he obviously did. Yeah. (laughs) And Monica learns from a nurse that Alan asked her about amnesia before he quote unquote died. Hold it. Doctor of the year. Has to ask someone else about amnesia. amnesia. (laughs) Yep. Apparently. Edward tells Sean he has evidence to prove Donnelly's innocence and will use it only if Sean returns his money. After Alan leaves Charity's store for a little while, Monica enters and approaches Charity. Monica shows Charity a picture of Edward and she informs Monica that she recognizes him as the man who who recently visited her in Pawtuck. Showing up in court for Sean's preliminary hearing, Robert advises him to give back Edward's money. Edward and Jimmy Lee are worried that Monica knows that Alan is faking his amnesia. Edward presents Sean with a written agreement for him to sign the Quartermain money in exchange for Donnelly's freedom. Dun, dun, dun. Jake demands to know why Monica gave such damaging testimony against Sean. Edward tells Jimmy Lee he is sure that Sean will sign the agreement to give back their money in order to keep out of jail. Robert warns Frisco and Felicia to be careful around Damien. Lila tells Monica about the scheme Edward and Alan came up with to get the money back from Donnelly. Edward orders Alan to come back to Port Charles and he will end up in prison on a fraud charge. Tiffany pleads with Sean to sign Edward's agreement and he ends up doing so. Monica informs Sean and Tiffany, informs Sean that Tiffany is working for Edward. Sean makes a deal with Edward to make sure Tiffany doesn't get any money. Edward and Monica go to Pawtuck to take Alan back to Port Charles. Edward is upset with Monica for bringing Alan to General Hospital, but she is determined to prove Alan is faking amnesia and she has Buzz examine him. To Monica's disgust, Alan even pretends not to recognize Lila when she visits him in his hospital room. 
Monica tells Jimmy Lee and Edward that she is going to have the police give Alan a lie detector test. Can you do that? That would be awesome. Well, because... I don't know. He's faking amnesia. Give him a lie detector. Yeah. That would be fun if you could do that. I don't know. Except for the fact that if he's, if he has it in his head, like that's the thing. It only changes. It only monitors like your change in. Yeah. Your breathing and your heart rate yeah. and stuff. Blood pressure. Yeah. I feel like at this point, he's probably got a down pat that he is Simon. Me? I don't know. You can see what Simon says. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> Okay, somebody once said that I'm serious. I'm the one that wow. makes all the jokes. Wow. I'm not saying that you don't make the jokes, but I'm like, no, you that, you make jokes. Yeah. Yeah. And that you're the goofy one. I mean, I'll take it. But, but I'm not that serious. No. Okay. I'm definitely not to the point where I'm not goofy. Right. Okay. In November, Monica allows Edward, Stella, Lila, and Alan to move back home. Edward is specific. Supercalifragilisticexpialidocious <laughs> about her motives. Edward is suspicious of her motives. Edward is appalled to hear that Lila has gone into business with Sean. Oh, oh! Monica tells Jimmy Lee Holt and Edward that she is going to pr prove that they had conspired with Alan's amnesia act. Alan tells Charity that he wants to go to Pawtuck and be with her instead of his family. When Monica arranges for her and Alan's children to greet him, his amnesia act is exposed. And Alan tells Monica that he wants a divorce. That's something else we should be tracking. How many times did they threaten divorce? Because mm -hmm. so far they haven't. Nope. Edward wants guardianship of Alan's money, but Monica talks to the judge, talks the judge into making her and Alan co-guardians. Edward, Edward co-guardians. Alan's return to Topuck. <laughs> Alan returns to Pawtuck, but he can't find charity. She has gone to the quartermain mansion and is stunned to discover that Monica is Alan's wife. Monica informs Charity that Alan is faking amnesia, but Charity doesn't want to believe it. I feel like they would have discovered the fact that Alan, that Monica was Alan's wife whenever she went to Pata. Right. As Monica and Edward argue over which one should be guardian of Alan's estate, Alan declares that he knows who he is and is capable of taking care of his own money. Alan tells Monica he is a changed man because of Charity. He no longer desires to chase women. Ouch. Wow. I would punch him for that. Sorry. Alan and Jimmy Lee go to Pawtuck for him. Alan wants Jimmy Lee to check out, check on Charity and see if she's doing okay. I think he does more than that. Okay. In December, Alan confronts Jimmy Lee about his growing closeness to Charity. Bert Ramsey is being transferred to a state hospital and Anna wishes him well. Jimmy Lee tells Charity that Alan is not the kind of man she thinks he is, and Alan wants to be with Charity, but she tells him that she won't have anything to do with a married man. Good for you, Charity. Yeah. Sandy overhears Alan tell Monica that Jimmy Lee is in Pawtuck with Charity. Sandy goes there to try to get Jimmy Lee to return with her to Port Charles, but he tells her no. He is happy where he is. Jimmy Lee likes... Jimmy Lee makes it known to Charity that he is interested in her. Monica refuses to give Alan a divorce. Alan tells Monica that he is going to Pawtuck to spend Christmas with Charity, but it is a shock to Alan when Jimmy Lee and Charity show up at the Quartermain Mansion to inform him that they have both gotten married. Oh. I'm assuming to each other. <laughs> that says that's kind of weird. It does, yes. Uh, Charity tells Jimmy Lee she doesn't care about his money, she just wants to be happy, but Jimmy Lee is determined to get money owed to him from Edward. Alan informs Jimmy Lee that Edward doesn't want to see him. Monica tells Alan she is tired of the fighting in the family. She and Lila offer to give Jimmy Lee the money he wants to leave town. Alan reads a goodbye letter to Jimmy Lee that was written to him by Edward. With the letter, 
is the check that Edward has given to Jimmy Lee with enough money so that Jimmy Lee will be able to buy the farm that he wants. And that's it for 1986. So Edward did give money at one point. Yeah. So why are we fighting about it now? Come on. Because he didn't leave him in his will. But he gave him a chunk of change. And it seemed like he just wanted to be with Charity, so he's happy. Why are you still yelling about stuff? He's not. His son said that he's doing it for his dad because his dad did care. I think it was more that he cared to be continue to be acknowledged. Acknowledged. Not necessarily the money. Austin has said repeatedly, it's not really about the money. It's about the acknowledgement that... Right. Yeah. So, okay. We have said this now. A few times. But we're going to end here. Yep. Promise. Next week is going to be 87 through 89. I mean, that's the only way to keep them within a reasonable amount of listening Right, time. because we could have done heavy it all story. in one. Yeah. Absolutely. But that's that a heavy storyline. No one wants to, to hear a six-hour podcast. We went through the medical ship and Jimmy Lee. Right. Or charity and the amnesia story. That's enough for today. Yep. Next week. We'll just wrap up because there's not really a lot, I think, in like 87 and 88, but then there's some heavier stuff in 89. Okay. So, okay. We can do it. We can do it. We can do, we can do, we can help her. <laughs> what is that even from? Cinderella. How? Help. You have kids. We can do it. We can do it. We can do it. We can help our Cinderella. We can make her look so pretty. There's nothing to it, really. Okay. Well, You're tired. You're crowded. It. You're crowded. Put some ribbon through it. You're correct. I, I know. We have talked. I know by my songs. We, I still haven't been able to. <laughs> and I know my Beatles, too. <laughs> that's true. I still have not been able to find information on the person that wrote the Thingamajigs Christmas so that we can ah, actually yes, have yes, Madeline yes. read it. But as it's getting closer to Christmas time, yeah. it's in my head. And so today, um, Megan said something about one of the kittens, and I started reciting it. And Ryan does not know that story. And so he's like, are you okay? Are you having a stroke? Like, what is wrong? And I was like, oh, Madeline and I are going to recite this every day for the next few months. Get used to it, buddy. Anyway. All right. So join us on Thursday, Monday, <laughs> Monday, Monday. For the weekly recap. Yep. That's what happens then. For We're going to talk about this week's shows. <laughs> so have a good weekend. And we'll meet you at the pier. Bye. Bye. If you enjoyed today's show, we invite you to go to peer54podcast.com to subscribe on your favorite platform. Don't forget to leave us a review. And you can also follow us on many social media channels. Just search for Peer54Podcast. Also, we are not perfect, so if there is something that we missed or messed up, just let us know by emailing us at peer54podcast at gmail.com. deserves the best and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.